Pins guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is June 12th. Not a lot of wins for the Bucks this week. Uh, well, no wins. No wins. Great way to follow up all that NL West crap we were talking about last week. Brian Reynolds just raised his average from 216 to 249 in just four games. Travis Swaggerty made his debut this week. We're going to talk about that outfield and how in the world to manage all the playing time. And we'll talk about why we think someone else will be making his debut in Pittsburgh this coming weekend. Let's get into it. Let's go Bucks. My name is Josh, and I am joined, as always, by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? How are you doing, man? <laughs> oh, and seven, buddy. Man. <laughs> oh, and six. That's rough. Oh, and six. Rough. Yeah. Not oh, and I just seven. Got done, I just got done talking about how, you know, these people at work, man, our Buckos are playing well right now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the um, you know the the thing is is the the Detroit series. I I sat down and I was like, man, we gotta we gotta hit. You know, we need we need leadership. We need all those things. And then it it, it kind of flipped a little bit. We still weren't hitting, but we also ran into a red hot Atlanta Braves team. Yeah, now they've won <laughs> eleven straight. Yeah, eleven straight. They're they're rolling a little bit. So it is kind of interesting. The, the 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 thing is, is when you think back at the Dodgers series, there are things that, that the Pirates did. You know, when you say like, "Oh, they're playing well," that's how you can beat good teams. Yeah, they didn't do those things, and that you just don't beat good teams when you don't do those things. You know what I mean? And that's it. Mm-hmm. They even played okay at, in some of those. You know what I mean? But like the you know Saturday, you had one bad inning. And that one hurts probably more than the others because it felt like, oh, we, we probably should have won that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? could have won that game. Yeah. Well, right. But I'll give you should have. Like, I felt like we had momentum. I felt, you know, if we could have just tacked on a couple others, even if we give up a couple runs, like we, we felt like, I felt like we were in a position to win that game. That first inning though. Jeez. Yeah. Two, two, four solo home runs. Yeah. I said, looks like we're using the good balls. Tonight, <laughs> you know, they're just throwing whatever balls. What you, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you get the good ones. Um, man, we, we got a lot to cover this week. Um, and not a lot of like news. Like, usually we go to Bucks Clippers and we're like, hey, we got a lot of movement. Not a lot of movement yeah. this week. Mm-mm. Dylan Peters goes on the IL, recalled Aaron Fletcher from Indy, and that's it. Because technically the swaggerty move was already made, mm-hmm. right? We just didn't see him. So that's it. Wasn't Yerry De Los Santos brought up to at some point? <laughs> that's been a minute. <laughs> that's been a minute. I just haven't seen him. <laughs> so speaking of Swaggerty's debut week, mm-hmm. um, what do you think? What do you think? Just like on, on the surf, like, you know. I, I feel like we... <laughs> We don't know much yet. Um, what? Nine nine ABs? Yeah. Something like that. One for nine. Three games in left, one in Well, two games in left, one in center, and then the game that he came into where he played left. Yeah. Um, the question is, Kanan Smith and Jigba's playing well. There's another guy. 
on the 40, man. Mm-hmm. So the question is, you know, with Swaggerty coming up, how do you even use these guys? By the way, Swaggerty's only hit. Did you see? Did you have? I mean, you saw it. You didn't see it? Yeah. Yeah. It could have been called an error. Yeah. I, I understand it was a tough play, but mm-hmm. the ball certainly beat him. Sometimes I wonder on that one, like, yes, it's a tough play, but if the ball gets the first before the runner, but it's a wide throw, do they call it an error? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, apparently not. They gave him a hit, and I'm glad they did, right. and I'm sure he's glad they did, and I don't think anybody would complain. No. The shortstop's not going to complain. <laughs> Swanson's like, sweet, dude. <laughs> Maybe if he scored, the pitcher would complain. Yeah. Sometimes I think you do that. Hey, we can always change this later. If he scores, maybe we change it. If he doesn't, no harm. Right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, four guys on the team right now as options to play outfield. And then you can add into that. I just said Kanan Smith and Jigba, which it seems a long shot at this point, but he's on the 40-man. Mm-hmm. Ben Gamble, injured right now. Jake Marisnik is starting to play ball again like starting to do some baseball stuff. And Greg Allen has been injured the whole year, although he just had a setback. He should have been coming back around now, but I guess he did something to his hamstring. So now he's shut down till I think the end of the month. It's in my notes somewhere, but I don't know where. So, <laughs> but I think that's the I think that's the case. I think he's shut down for quite a while. Yeah. Uh that sure wasn't the problem at the beginning of the year. No. It, no, yeah, with no clue. No clue. We had Tucker out there. We had Castillo out there. Who else was playing outfield? I feel like there was a couple other guys that we had thrown out there. Hoy Park. Hoy, yep. And maybe that's it. Anthony Alford. He's not a major league outfielder. I'm just kidding. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's right here. Literally the very next line is where it says Greg Allen had a setback with his left hamstring. So he's behind. <laughs> All I do is look at my notes, right? Yeah. Marisnik is, like I said, starting, but he's still in pain while he's doing it. But I think they're going to take their time with these guys because they've already got things to figure out. And I would say, like, I don't know where I don't I have it here. I don't know where Gamble is on his track. I know he's still in the dugout, so he's not playing somewhere. But I don't know where, you know what I mean? I don't know where he's yeah. at on his road back. But you would think that Gamble is back on the team when he's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I think Mariznick and Greg Allen at this point are a question mark. I don't know. You haven't yeah, seen Swaggerty much, and Cal Mitchell, Cal Mitchell's shown enough to say, like, yeah, this dude can hang here, but I could see them, you know, using options on him. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And Swaggerty possibly too. However, I don't with Sawinski. Man, this dude has played his way, I believe, onto the team. Yeah. And a lot of that, for me, he's played well defensively. Mm -hmm. Um, And that power, it's playing. Yeah, no doubt. If you can do that, you're going to be, I mean, like, we need that. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping the the average can come up some, and I think it will. Actually, over time, to but. be honest with you, I, I believe uh, I just looked at something earlier today, and I don't I don't have it still up, but like hitting over 300 in his in the in the first 10 games of June, kind of a thing. 
Uh, it's yeah. 10 games, I understand. But he's hitting like 324 with three homers. You know what I mean? Right. right. So, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the future of this outfield, at this point, you got to think, it's wide open. And the options are all right here, and they're all close. Mm-hmm. With that said, I, none of these guys, at least I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I think prospects are weird because I think a lot of people have different thoughts. I don't think any of these guys are on the same track as like Austin Meadows was. Right. But this is about the stage of the career where Austin Meadows was moved. And I think if that's a thing, I'm kind of here for it. When you have a log jam, which we had when Meadows was here, you know, we had three outfielders we assumed would be here. Mm-hmm. We assumed Polanco was <laughs> going to perform better than he did. I just, I mean, somebody's getting moved. I don't know if that yeah. means that's this year. Certainly not. I think they'll let this play a little bit. But I think sure. there's going to be like a little bit of a balance between maybe a guy, maybe their best guy of of these. Let's just talk about the four. Let's just talk about, uh, you know, Sawinski, Mitchell, Swaggerty, and, and CSN. When you just look at those four, the best of the four is sticking around. Yeah. The second best might be the guy you move. <laughs> Could be. It, it, depending, you know what I mean? If you end up with, let's say you end up two of those guys need to start, then, it, then it's the third best that you move. Unless you think you can get enough out of the other two that if he brings a better piece, you know what I'm saying? Which is why I say, I don't see that happening this year. But you've got to bolster the Major League roster starting next year. Yeah. If that gets you another starter, if that helps you build a bullpen, because right now there's a lot of sus in the bullpen. It's been pitching well, but there's sus. I'm not saying it's really bad. I'm saying it's sus. You know what I'm saying? I keep wanting to reach. I keep wanting to reach for, well, yes, suspect, but I'm just saying. I keep wanting to reach for my pink starburst. Like I'm going to pop one in while we're talking. It's it's addicting, man. <laughs> I eat so I buy them by the three pound bag. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's super interesting to see how this is going to play out. Uh, but one way that it needs that, that is evident is that you got to see them all play. And that's what brings us into our first kind of major, major topic here. Um, have I ever said how much I love Pirates Twitter? For all of the good and all of the bad and all of the memes, if we win a series, which are hilarious, but just a lot of, like, I think it's really cool having conversation with people. And I get to have these conversations with, I know you don't do the Twitter much, but it's, it's you know, it's me. But I like these conversations that we have. really gets me thinking and, you know, had a little bit of a conversation about, Playing time, dare, I've, I've had multiple conversations with people. And I've also just like, um, I've also just sat and watched, you know what I mean? Other conversations go on about the same thing. And there's a lot of talk about lineups and pitching and us included. We're doing the same thing. And you know, we talk about these stuff when we get together to talk. Um, but a lot of criticism of Derek Shelton. Most recently here on this show about multi-inning relievers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the more recent things, uh, Mama Loves Those Bucks, if you're listening, 
little shout out because mama loves those bucks, loves those bucks. And, you know, she's all, she's always really active and a lot of good, a lot of good conversation. But anyway, this week was based on the lineups and I kind of chimed in. Um, and it got me thinking, you know, cause like you say things, right. But then you think about them later and you're like, yeah, where am I actually at on that? You know what I mean? Because I was kind of making a case in the, in the conversation to say like, you got to see these guys play. So the lineups are going to change. And I think that's kind of what we, what we talked about covering here. Um, man, we, we criticized a lot of Vogelback leading off and why is this guy hitting fifth and all these things. Why, why we just talked about, why is that guy playing right field? I think a lot of those things are much less of a problem right now. We're starting to see more of a consistent, uh, I think, more of a consistent like flow of things, right? Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like it's been more consistent, not meaning that a guys are playing every day. This team is not going to be a team other than Brian Reynolds and key Brian Hayes that is going to be your slate. You're playing every day and then your day's off. And when you play, you're playing the same position and you're most of the time batting in the same spot in the batting order. And I know a lot of people say, well, sometimes keys three, sometimes he's one matchups. Yeah. He hits three against what is it? He hits three against righties and lead off against lefties or whatever it is. Drew a blank right there. Anyway, we've heard from Shelton that the players do know ahead of time that they're scheduled a day off. Now, whether that means, hey, you don't get a day, you're having a day off this week, or whether it means on Sunday he says Thursday's your day off, or if he just lets them know Wednesday, hey, you got tomorrow off. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not going to play tomorrow. Whatever it is. Um, the one thing that we've noticed a little bit more recently is he allows himself to leave guys in when they're hot. Mm-hmm. And he allows himself to kind of remove guys from the picture when they're struggling. Even though early on, it did not feel that way. Now, if a guy hits three hits and has the next day off, there's two reasons for that. Either it was a scheduled day off. And a lot of times he says that Mm -hmm. that was his scheduled day off. You're not going to change that. If you've already told him he's got the day off, he's not, (laughs) you're not going to tell him he's working. Yeah. Uh, But the other thing is, is if that's a matchup thing, it's a matchup thing, dude. And I've got some examples of that. Um, Diego Castillo, 82 at-bats against righties. He's hitting 171. 61 at-bats against lefties, which he's playing a lot right now. So early on, though, it was only against righties. Now he's, you know, playing every day. Um, But again, he has no extra base hits against right-handed pitching. None. Hmm. And lefties, he's hitting 246. 258 on base, two homers, six doubles. There's a reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Vogelback hitting 133 against lefties and 259 against righties. All seven homers, all extra base hits off right-handed pitching. But, you know what I mean? Yeah. Chavis getting a lot of time because of first base now. Yeah. But he's hitting 229 against right-handed pitching with a couple homers, 333 against lefties with three homers and 30 less plate appearances. So, yeah, right. and he's been getting a lot more looks, like I said. Mm-hmm. So you get to see it a little bit more. He still is. I think there's still potential there. I think there's clutch potential with him. So yeah. like they, they haven't been using him as a as a platoon quite as much, 
as they used to, but it makes sense. When you see these things play out, Sawinski hitting 162 against lefties, 244 against righties. 53 more at-bats. Um, he has five homers against righties and three against lefties, but also five doubles against righties and none against lefties. So the power is still there against lefties. Mm-hmm. The average and, and when you think power, when you think doubles as well, so the home runs are there, but that's it. Yeah. Not the doubles, right? So the times he's getting it, he's getting all of it, but he's not hitting those five doubles. You know what I mean? All right. Or even a couple, like I said, 53 more bats against righties. And a couple smaller, smaller sample sizes. Cal Mitchell, the numbers earlier in the week looked better to him or for him. He was actually a little better against righties. Now he's down to a 206 and a 200 with a homer off each, so he's pretty split. But it actually favored right-handers uh, when I looked at it earlier this week. Um, and then to Capita Marcano, a home run off each as well. 12 plate appearances against lefties hitting 364, 294 against righties and 37 plate appearances. Um, I think I'd like to see a lot more Marcano. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm in on this dude. I'm starting to see that hit tool that that was that was talked about when we acquired him. Like, yep, you know he's going to hit. The home runs were probably not going to be, a, you know, they came back to back nights. Yeah, I don't see a lot of that happening. But I mean, he seems to just do well, and his on base is good, and everything. So, guys like Yu yeah. Chang, Josh Van Meter, and others that Sherrington's bringing in, you know that Sherrington is is telling Shelton. Hey, I want to see these guys play. So let's talk mm-hmm. about, you got all these situations. You've got the lefty-righty thing, and we're very left-handed heavy right now. You've got Sherrington bringing in guys that maybe maybe baffle us. But even if they baffle us, you don't bring a guy in and then not play him and then cut him loose. And right. I'm going to tell you one reason why. If you want to ever sign anyone, you won't do that. Because a guy might be like, I'm not going to sign here and then have you not play me and then cut me loose. Right. You know what I mean? So I know that we've talked about that with Yoshi, and I was actually trying not to say his name. but um, <laughs> You know, but, since you've said that offline, you've said his name in every single episode. Have I really? Yeah, every one of them. Oh, <laughs> man, I was trying not to. But I haven't talked about him. Like, he's just yeah. come up. Anyway. Dang it. Anyway. Um, you know, they, when he brings in these guys, and maybe only God and Ben know why he's bringing in Yu Chang. <laughs> but the point is, is he's got to see him. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's got to get a righty in here. And I, I think it was just something that became available. I, I Again... I, I see I see your point why. And the only thing I can say is the only reason I see why is because he's a right-handed hitter. Yeah. That was available. Who had first base experience. Yeah. And I think that was a big thing because he was brought in right around those injuries. We didn't even know about mm-hmm. Chavis. Yep. You know what I mean? And so it was like, well, he's available. Yeah. And I think I think to go backwards just a hair. Yeah. With some of these splits. Yeah. Um, some of these guys, not not all of them, but you you can't have this many platoon players. There's there's that's too many. Not enough spots so on the some roster. Some of these guys, 
some of these guys are going to get looks and they're going to get more um more looks at the the in my opinion like Sawinski batting 162 against lefties he's going to get he's going to hit against lefties he's going to he's we all we everybody's left-handed in the outfield right these guys are going to get they're going to get their looks and and yep. um Chavis is going to get his looks against righties cuz he's he's you can't have that many platoons you just can't no, well, like I said, there's not enough roster roster spots. Right. There's there's eight positions, or let, let's even cut catcher out of it. There's seven positions, and there's only eleven spots on the roster. Yeah, cutting catchers out, right? So yeah, you're right. You can't now. Granted, you have Key and you have Reynolds, but the fact that we're left-handed heavy in the outfield means you're you're playing lefties against lefties. Period. Yeah. You don't have a choice. But with that said, there's a lot that goes into these lineups. There's a lot of guys who need to play, and you can't you can't go with with a you can't go with a guy or go with like let's say even the outfield. You can't go with two guys around Reynolds every day and have a third guy who is still developing as a young player. You can't have him not playing. Right. And and so you can't even go with like let, let's go with this lineup for this series. Like you can't do that. Like a guy has to play, and that's what makes it difficult. Um, you know, Shelton owes it to four guys in that outfield to get opportunities to to three guys. You know what I mean? And it's those three guys and Ben Sherrington. He owes it to all four of those people because Ben Sherrington has decisions to make. Right when Ben Gamble is healthy. He has to know what he's going to do. Ben Gamble's yeah. coming back on this roster. They're not going to cut him loose. No. They're not going to trade him right away. You need to have those types of veteran players. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so one of those guys is going down. And wouldn't it be, oh, man, I didn't even really get an opportunity. You know what I mean? You don't want that. Yeah. You want the opportunity to be there. You want to be able to to leave the guys there who give you who make the most sense. And that's how I'm going to say it because there are mm-hmm. parts of me who says maybe you don't leave a guy there if you think he's like going to be there next year. Maybe you send him down literally just to play more. And maybe you leave a guy up who you're like, "Yeah, we're not too sure about him. Let's keep an eye on him here." Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe if you think Cal Mitchell, Cal Mitchell's shown me everything he can show me in AAA. If he's my fourth outfielder, then I'll send Swaggerty down and let Swaggerty play every day to work on some of the things that exposed him here. But mm-hmm. but you might be convinced that Cal Mitchell's shown me all he's going to show me in AAA. You know what I mean? So right. when that's the case, even if in that in that scenario, even if Swaggerty may be playing better at the time, you might be more apt to send Swaggerty down or flip-flop that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You might It yeah. might be the same thing. Hey, Mitchell's been better, but we'd like to see Mitchell play every day. And, you know, Swaggerty's shown me everything he's needed to show me. It could be, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not saying that those are going to, I'm just giving that as an example. And I don't think Sawinski has a shot to go down. I just no, see I, I just see him as hey he's worked his way into this. He's worked his way into the picture. He's worked his way into 
possibly like rookie of the year type picture. Uh, don't say that too loud. They'll send him back down. <laughs> <laughs> they can't afford that. Listen, you, you, I'm telling you. Mackenzie Gore is going to have to fall apart in order for anyone else to get that. It's fair. Or, you know, you still you also have, I mean, there's other rookies too. There's a ton of rookies this year. There is. There are. Anything can happen. But those power, you know, the power numbers are there. He's at least going to be in the conversation if he stays there and keeps doing what he's doing. Right. Um, but you're right. All right. Where, where are we at here? I mean, I think we're just saying, uh, it's you know, it's just uh, Michael Hall on Twitter. He also chimes in. And I liked this. This was a good one. And they're extreme examples, but I think he's got a... It's fine. His points are not... Just because it's extreme doesn't make his points bad, right? Right. He says, imagine Derek Shelton managing Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak or Cal Ripken Jr.'s consecutive game streak. And he he admitted those are extreme examples, but I think that this is like... This is a good point. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to separate Derek Shelton from from the sentence. And I'll tell you why. First off, Joe DiMaggio. Derek Shelton doesn't have anyone who's in his sixth season coming off of an MVP. Right. Joe DiMaggio, this was 1941, was his sixth season in the majors. He won an MVP in 1940. He played every day. Oh, yeah. And then in August, wore down and got hurt for a little while. Ah, Maybe we know better now. No, I'm kidding. Um, But, you know, the other thing is, is, Kalerpkin, I don't think there's a manager in baseball right now who would allow that streak to ever be broken. Not because it's a streak, not because they respect Cal. Everyone's getting their days off. Yeah, it's it, and a lot of it has to do with the, these guys just aren't conditioned to play 162 games anymore. You've brought this up before. Yeah. A lot of, you know, oh, these guys are bigger, faster, stronger than they've ever been. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Yeah. There's no doubt that's true. But they're also they, just, they're not conditioned the same way. No. Like, they, they get bigger, they get faster, they get stronger, they're more prone to injuries as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you're not going to get a consecutive game because you're going to land on the IL at some point. Exactly. And which is why they started giving guys days off, and we're already seeing a ton of injuries. Mm-hmm. Still, even with guys getting days off. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, that's not a Derek Shelton thing either. That's that's an anyone thing. It's just not going to happen. Right. Also, that that 1941 Yankees, they won the World Series, they won over 100 games. I just think th- that's the one thing that I'm just going to pull. I get I get it. Like he's not going to let somebody play that many games in a row. But also, if you're not in the lineup today, it doesn't hurt your hit streak. Right. If you get Thursday off and you, you know, and the team plays and then you play Friday and you get a hit, you still keep the streak. Right. So that's the other thing about that. But I like the point anyway, because it does speak to the difference between baseball in 1941 and even in the 90s, 80s or whatever, you know, however long that streak went with Cal. I mean, it's a lot of games. It's a lot of years, but through the 90s and whatnot, um, it's not. It's it's not managed the same way, and Derek Shelton no. is not going to to be the guy to like say I'm old school. He's not. He's he's analytic driven. He pays attention to the analytics, and it is what it is. But that's not unlike most managers in the game, right? So let me ask you two questions. 
and the first being uh, what I alluded to saying it's not Derek Shelton. Is this, and, and and let's not just talk about those two things, but let's go back to platoons and lineups and the way that things change and all that stuff. Even Sherrington saying, hey, I need you to play this guy so I can, you know, see what I have. Um, is this on Derek Shelton? Any of it, you know, break that down. Is it more on Sherrington or really neither? Is it just... This is today's game is how it's managed. And also like the GM thing is a totally reasonable thing. You know, hey, a, a general manager's goal is to put a winning team out there. He needs to know who he has. Right. And, so and where do you land on all this? I land on the latter. I mean, it, it's just the way today's game is, is, and it's, it's how the, that's how rosters are built now. Like you build the rosters, you get the guys to play, you, the GM, especially in a rebuild, I mean that's that's a big big part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the GM's got to see what he's got and see what pieces he can either add to or subtract from. Um, could be this guy, this player is pretty decent, but he doesn't really fit what we're going for. I can flip this guy, send this guy down, let him let him play, let. It just there's just so many scenarios that yeah. can play out in 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 the way the GM and the managers run things today. It, yeah, I I different. agree with that. I think it is different. I think I think the GM stuff is normal. We just don't always hear about it. Sure. I think that stuff is just normal. Uh, I think it's been going on for a long time. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's gone on quite as much at the major league level as it does now. Hmm. It could be. And that's probably why we didn't hear about it as much. Yeah. That and social media is just more prevalent now. So, yeah, well, that and that's true, too. But also, don't you think that because of the fact that we used to just like if you had your starters, you played your starters until you couldn't. And now they plan to do more like they build a roster more than they used to. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's just there's more that goes into it. So you got to know. Yeah. Yeah. So the second question, uh, do you think, because these lineups do change all the time. Like I said, it's been a little more consistent. You, you, you have a pretty good idea of who's going to yeah. play day in and day out, depending on who's pitching. Yeah. They definitely play the matchups, and I'm okay with that. Um, but I don't think they're like moving people up and down in the lineup all the time anymore. I mean, it right. was all over the place before. And then weird things like Vogelback leading off, like we haven't seen that. Um, so the next thing is, is do you think this really matters to the player? Like we already said earlier, they know they have a day off, but let's say they don't know when they're playing. I kind of imagine that maybe Shelton says like, Hey, by the way, you're playing tomorrow. Um, I looked into that and apparently that's not the case. Uh, you know, I've heard through, um, you know, whatever. I'm not, we're not doing that, but that's not, we're fans. Um, but it seems like that's not the case. Like you show up not knowing whether or not you're in the lineup, unless you're not going to be in the lineup. You do know, it seems like Shelton has said this much. You do know when you're not going to play. If it's a scheduled day off, you know that because then you can ease up. But I think the rest of the guys, right? This is the question. Does it matter? No, I I truly believe that it doesn't. I mean, you're 
your job is to show up at the ballpark ready to play. And so you come in and you, you go to work every day, whether you're going to get the start or not, you're, I, th- I think pitchers are a little different. Mm. I think like starting, starting pitchers for sure. Starting pitchers are different. The I mean, pitchers in general are just, they're, they're different, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, position players. They're not athletes. The right? oh. you're, you're, you're easy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you, you showed up to the ballpark to work and then, then that's what you do. You show up, you go to work and you either get your name called or you don't. Well, the thing is, is you could still get your name called. Yeah. Yeah, it could be the second inning. You it could be, be the ready. very first inning of opening day, and Key Brian Hayes could be have some kind of thumb thing going on, and you got to get in there, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like there, all these things can happen. You have to be ready to play, even if you end up not on that lineup card. You mm-hmm. know, hey, I got to be prepared. So even, I think even on your scheduled day off, I think that's the only time that you don't. I think that you prepare think, differently if it's you. I think that's what they're asking sure. you to do. Sure. You know but what I mean? But you still, you still go in with, in my opinion, you still go into work saying, hey, I'm going to get ready to hit. Yeah, I mean, you're still going to work on situation. things, but I think you see how the game's going. If you have to use some guys early, maybe you say, hmm, I might need to go stretch. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if I think, yeah. I think they're very intentional about days off being days off. Yeah, And I think some guys, you've heard Shelton say a couple times, we really wanted to give him a full day off, so we weren't going to use him. But in that ninth inning, we were kind of questioning it, so we had a conversation. You know what I mean? Like, I specifically remember it was either Reynolds or Key Bryan, one of the two, they talked about that. And they would really like to give them, when they say you have a day off, they'd like to say, you have the day off, you need to use it. Yeah. Um, if, if, if it's going to be successful to give you days off, you need to rest. You know what I mean? Like that's yep. the whole point. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think that you show up ready to play regardless. And I don't think it may, I think that if you go in day in and day out, day in and day out, and you don't see your name on that card, I think then you could say maybe it's bugging you, but I don't think that you ever go to the field and, you're not ready to play, and then they call your name, which I feel like has been part of the conversation that we've had is, well, if you go to the field not knowing if you're going to play and then you have to play, no. I don't think that's ever going to throw a player off. I think the only thing that would ever be different from any, like you go to the field ready to play, period. So if you're playing, you're not caught off guard by having to do your job. Right. The only time you're quote unquote caught off guard is if you're not playing and you're not playing a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's when you might be like, Hey, when's it going to be my turn? You know what I mean? And maybe you have those conversations. They're all adults. Yep. But sometimes I struggle with this because of the fact that we don't know. And I think a lot of people are saying this guy's not playing and we don't know why. And this is the last point I want to make on this, and then we'll take a break. I'm okay with not knowing. I've got a job that I go to, and if they want to keep some things in-house, then by all means, keep things in-house. It's none of my business. I want to be entertained. 
You know what I mean? Now, sure, we love to discuss these things. We love to talk about them. So I'm not saying, mm-hmm. I'm not saying for, for those of you who say, I really wish I knew, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I, I have a phrase. You, have you heard me say this before? This is a phrase. I don't know. I don't know where. I, I don't think I heard it. I think I came up with it, but you never know. There's nothing new under the sun. But I have a thing that I like to say, and it is, if I knew everything, this is probably one of my excuses on why I don't read books, if I knew everything, then what would I wonder? And sometimes I think if, if they really told us everything, then what in the heck would we spend an hour talking about every week? Right. We kind of need to not know so that we can talk about things. You know what I mean? Mm. Yep. I think that's my piece there. I think I'm, I'm okay with them keeping things quiet. Mm. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm all right with that kind of thing. I gotta, I gotta, I'm going to say that again today. You know that? I'm going to say that again in this episode because I know what's coming. I know what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about two players that are, let's talk about two players that are very, very important to the success of the Pirates moving forward. One of them we've seen play this year and one of them we haven't. Let's get into Mr. June. I'm going to call him that. Let's talk about Brian Reynolds and O'Neill Cruz after we take a break. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. Swearingen Bat Company is Ohio's premier wood bat company, specializing in custom wood bats to meet any need from T-ball to senior league. Check out their website at swearingenbaseball.com. Link is in the show notes. Twitter and Instagram at swearingenbats. You can also find them on Facebook. Swearingen Bat Company, that's swearingenbaseball.com. Let them know you heard it here. And we're muted. <laughs> and we are back. Bridge to Bucktober podcast, all those things that I say. So we said we're going to talk about a couple, th- a couple people, um, and then we're going to answer... A question from Twitter. Um, not answer. We're not going to answer. We're going to give our thoughts. Um, we don't have answers, people. We have thoughts. Uh, but we talked. We, we said we we're going to talk about Brian Reynolds. We said we we're going to talk about O'Neill Cruz. Uh, we're going to talk about both of them. I'm going to go Brian Reynolds first, if you're good with that. I'm good with that. All right. Um, I wrote some notes during the Detroit series about veterans and stepping up and um, how – like we got all these kids and we're, we got ups and we got downs and we talk about Ben Gamble earlier where veterans are important. And I made the point this week that like it starts with those veterans. Those are the guys that when things get low, they stay even keeled. They've seen it all kind of a thing. And, you know, I, I think that we have a lot of danger and I'll, I'll get into Brian Reynolds here cause this is important, but, um, there's a little bit of danger in saying that Key Brian Hayes is one of those guys. He came into this year with a year and a half of service time. I know he's got the contract. I know he's part of the future, but he's creeping up on two years of service time. That's not a veteran. He's also one of those guys. Now, he's like fringe, right? Yeah. But this was more geared towards guys like Vogelback and Reynolds, and when they're back from injuries, Ben Gamble, and for all intents and purposes, Kevin Newman. Those are the kind of guys that you that you want those young guys to feed off of. 
because if young guys go down, then all of them, and when they go high, then all of them go along with. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the audio people. I was very much doing something with my hand and didn't finish my sentence because I was letting my hand do it. So tune into YouTube. I think you understand what I was saying. Um, but one of the reasons that I had all this is like Brian Reynolds was one for eight in the series against Detroit and was sitting in a 216 and batting average. And I'm like, hey, it's June. You got to figure this thing out. Yeah. Well, four days in Atlanta. <laughs> And he raises his batting average up to a 249 from a 216 in just four days. And then you look back and it's like, oh, look, the first couple days he had three hits and two hits and then a hit. And then it was the Detroit series, right? So here we are now, those four games, the two games against Detroit that were bad, the two games that were good, one, I, I, I don't remember. Anyway, the point is, is he's, uh, he's fine. Uh, and June seems to be the time when Brian Reynolds gets to be fine. You had a thing earlier, uh, this season about Brian Reynolds, comparing him to Freddie Freeman's year last year. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that he hit 376 in June. Well, despite the series against Detroit, he's at it again. <laughs> Is it what? Like 410? 410 in the first 10 games of June. And like I said, 10 for 15 with a double and two home runs against Atlanta in a four-game sweep that we lost. That's exactly what I'm talking about. When things are bad, you need your veterans to just be okay, like to just stay on it, keep grinding, keep working, because those young guys are going to struggle. And he does exactly what I was about to talk about in this episode. (laughs) So shut up. You don't know anything. And I'm <laughs> saying to my to myself, uh, it's not just last season. June 2019, he had 369. No June games in 2020, obviously. June 21, it was 370 or 376, and he's a 380 career hitter in June in 59 games. So he's fine. He likes June. He likes June. Now, also, what that says is like to me, it kind of does feel like, oh yeah, he's okay. Yes, that's crazy, and you would think like, well, is he going to drop all the way back down? I don't think so. I think he's just okay now. And I think that it's been over a little more than just June, but you just haven't noticed it because it hasn't been quite that big of a difference. Right, yeah. But I think he's fine. I think when you get to the end of June and you look at just June, you're going to say, yeah, he's fine. Now, if it ends up being like 280 in his month where he's supposed to be hot, then maybe you're saying like, okay, it's 280. Let's see where he goes from here. Because <laughs> you know July and August, the dog days of summer, There's everyone struggles at some point in July and August. Yeah. So you'll have a little dip there, and then it'll come back, and whatever. He's fine. Get over it. You good? I'm good. You have anything to say? I mean, you covered pretty much everything right there. He's a professional hitter. You know, I think we've – think we've talked enough about brian reynolds to he's fine all right i'm not i why gotten a little nervous there for a minute but uh, yep yep uh, yeah there was a moment fine. where i was like are the things about the fact that when his wife is pregnant he doesn't hit is are they real <laughs> you know what i mean yeah but i think i think he's okay yeah so i've been thinking about this next thing this o'neill cruise thing 
since opening day. I think we all have. Mm -hmm. And then we saw him struggle. And now all of a sudden we're seeing him play well. And now all of a sudden we're seeing that Diego Castillo in his last so many games is hitting under 100. But it's not just that. I believe that O'Neill Cruz will be in Pittsburgh on Friday. And I'd put money on it. And I wrote that on Tuesday. <laughs> and I say that because MLB, you know, when they had the whole thing where it was like, okay, 13 position players, 13 pitchers. And then they were like, oh, there's a lot of injuries. We'll go ahead and extend that 14 instead of at the beginning of May. And they made it June 19th. I think, I think through June 19th. I don't know if it's Sunday or technically Monday that it has to be the change. But either way, it's June 19th, which is Sunday, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes, it is. <laughs> I had to double check because when I say it, I'm like, oh, now I need to look. But I've already looked, but I had to still check it. All right. So June 19th, a pitcher needs sent down and a position player needs to come up. Who else are you going to bring up? It's not yeah, Kanan I... Smith and Jigba. It's not Leo Verpagero, right? And you're looking at the guys on the 40-man, you're saying, it's O'Neill right. Cruz. Not to mention, combine this with the fact that he's heating up. Uh, May, he hit he had 368 on base, six home runs, 20, 20 strikeouts in 22 games, and 14 walks. Hello? 341 on base right now with nine home runs and 53 strikeouts in 48 games. For a power guy, yeah. I'm in. Mm -hmm. 232 batting average, I get it. But he's hitting bombs. And he's on base. 341 on base. Let's talk about that for a second. If you're getting on base, you can deal with a lower batting average, right? You know what I'm saying? There's that thing where it's like, hey, but overall, he's getting on base. Last 28 days, he's getting on base at a 405 with a 310 average. Last 28 days, 310 average. Six of those home runs came in the last 28 days. He's hot. His average is actually better against lefties this year. So I'm not worried about that. He has for real power. But there was also a couple things said. Um, and I, uh, I got these quotes from Jason Mackey on Twitter. I want to I call him out there. He talked to John Baker. He says, we want to be smart about his development because there's so much talent inside that human being to push it too fast when something's not quite ready can be dangerous for his career. Cole Tucker. Not that they're on the same playing field, guys. The point is is that wherever Cole Tucker was going to go, which is not where O'Neill Cruz could go, but wherever he was going to go, he'll never, he was never going to get there because of the fact that we called him up early. Not comparing the two necessarily other than the fact that he didn't reach his potential. Uh, another quote is, I think it's kind of like Christmas. You want the present. You want to open it up. You want to provide him the opportunity not just to be a good major league player, but to be a great major league player. That just requires patience. Um, I feel like, uh, where's this at? Where am I at here? This goes back to that whole thing where I said, if I knew everything, what would I wonder? They've got a reason that, that they're still sitting on this. And say what you want. If it's super two, then it's super two. I get it. You can believe that. Or maybe there's something else. So here's the thing. You can agree or disagree with John Baker and with Ben Sherrington or believe that nutting has anything to do with the decision. You can believe that. But it's your call and I'm here for it. Right? We're all able to create our own guess 
our own, you know, hypothesis on why anything is happening. But we're all about as right as the next guy, maybe until it happens. Maybe we'll never know why. But maybe we shouldn't know. But also, he's gonna he's coming this week. You would think. You uh, do you because uh, I I know I didn't like, I didn't talk about with this you uh, uh, sentences words <laughs> sentences words put words together create a sentence they have to make sense <laughs> right you put a bunch of sentences together you get a paragraph Jake I didn't talk to you about this until today mm-hmm. you know what I mean because I kind of wanted to see if you were even thinking about it. If you were even just saying, like, I'm just waiting until they make the call. Yeah, pretty much. That's where I was at because I could sit here and wonder all day and it, it makes no difference. So the thing is, is like, do you think about, do you think about uh, like, oh, Diego's not cutting it or, yeah, I'd like to see Diego with a long time there. Or are you seeing the numbers from Cruz and saying, dude, we got to get this guy up here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all these things kind of go together. Yeah, and and I've definitely seen some stat casts from O'Neill Cruz's, you know, exit velos, and just, mm-hmm. I mean, he's annihilating some balls right now. Yeah, and it, it sure would be fun to see it in Pittsburgh. So I said the thing about the pitchers. Um, it's Yuri De Los Santos. Yeah, we just talked about this. He's here and he's not throwing. Yeah, send him down. It At has this to point, be. At this point, it has to be because even if you want to throw him now, he's going to be like, I don't want to say the word rusty, but you know, he's not going to be as sharp. What he just he have his third his appearance just recently, like in the Atlanta series? I think he pitched yeah. for like his third time. I have, I didn't look up the numbers, but he, the, he's the one that makes the most sense because you don't want to send Fletcher down because until Peters is back because you need right. to have that lefty. Yeah. So outside of that, I mean, Yuri De Los Santos makes the most sense. Right. So I think that Yuri De Los Santos gets watch guaranteed. He pitches pitches against the Cardinals, guaranteed because they're going to want to look at him one more time. But yeah. either way, he's the he's the call like he's the one going down. The only yeah. other thing that would make sense is if they sent down like Chase DeYoung to stretch him out again. That would be sure. the only other thing that I could see. But that's my opinion. But I. I believe it's not, it's that's not a bad call though cuz I mean he's been pitching well. If yeah, well, considering if you are considering a I know we we kind of scratched this talk a little bit, but if you're considering on making a trade out of the starting rotation, you may send DeYoung down and say, "Hey, you're going to be the guy whenever we make this move." Well, maybe we can talk about maybe you can bring that up again because we will answer our 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 question here. Um actually w- let's go right into the question. I think it's time. Okay. Guys, get excited. Uh, I, I'm not the only one saying that, that Friday is the day, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen some yeah. other people say it, it's going to happen. So, it's going to happen. I hope. Let's hope. Help. Let's hope because I'm, I'm pretty confident about this because of that whole pitcher thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, we did have a question, Twitter. Next plan for pitching rotation, if any. Key Brian hits. Uh, sent us this question. I just put it out today. I was like, hey, questions? Noah Noah shouts us out, by the way, calling us out, saying we haven't won since the last time you guys uploaded. Come on, Noah. <laughs> I sent him the meme where I sent him the meme of the dude saying, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. 
Come on, man. Well, then we got to upload quick so we can beat the Cardinals then. That's how you do it, right? You reverse it? I think, yeah. All right, so my initial reaction to the starting pitching question, and you're going to echo this, keep it the way it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next plan, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know because I don't think there is one. And I look at this and I say, Quintana, 363 area in the last seven starts, and that includes the last two starts that are four runs each. And I'll yeah. say this. He ran into a good Atlanta team, ran into some home runs. And the start before that was the big rain delay. Yeah. That's where crazy. he like waited two hours and then started a game. So I'm really looking forward to see his start. He should start what Saturday against San Francisco. Looking forward to that one. It's not a bad lineup either. But I'm not convinced he's lost it yet. It could be the beginning of a fall, but we don't know. JT Brubaker, 376 in his last seven starts, which includes eight an eight run, eight earned runs in eleven innings so far in June. In May, he pitched to a 263. He's getting all the opportunities. Yeah. Right? He's another guy who's, you know, so called veteran. Not the veteran that Quintana is, but they're gonna sure. want that these guys are in the rotation moving forward until something crashes. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a team calling at the deadline wanting them or an injury or whatever, they're getting every opportunity. Yep. Zach Thompson, 234 ERA in his last seven starts. His May ERA was 245, and so far in June he's at 180, and I, and he's still only pitched 125 innings in Major League Baseball. So still very young, right. but yet, I mean, a little older, but the point is, is like, you need, he, he should have a long leash. Oh, yeah to see what he's got. Had a rough April. He was working on things, if you remember that. And then he said Oscar Marine was finally like, hey, man, how about you work on things in the offseason? Just go back to what you were doing. Yeah. So he went back to what he was doing, and he they pitched him in the bullpen for one inning. One outing, one inning. And since that, I don't have – do I have the numbers? No, but it's been awesome since that. Right. Yeah. Roanzi, come on, guys. I'm not breaking this down. Two, 257 ERAs, 257 ERA in the only seven games he's pitched in this season, 221 ERA in the games he started. He's pitching until he runs out of innings, probably. Yeah. And then Mitch Keller, the con- the topic of all conversation, it feels like, had back-to-back starts where, uh, or since he was sent to the bullpen to work on a new pitch, we found out. He worked on a new pitch. He started two games. The sinker's been well-documented along the journey here and recently admitted that he didn't have a feel for something. Mm-hmm. That's a big sign. Which, we Go ahead. Which is a big deal. If, if, if you don't have a feel for a grip or, or, or like the release, it's, it's a, that's a big deal. Something, oh, excuse me, something that can just come at, come out of nowhere and just click. And I feel like that's kind of what he said. Like he threw a pitch to, I think it was Javi Baez. He said it felt good and it clicked. So. But I think the the thing is, is less about that slider and more about the fact that he said that something wasn't right. Sure. sure. You've criticized him in an episode mm-hmm. before we both have where we've said, you got to tell us what's wrong. If you don't know what makes me confident that you're going to figure it out. Right. I feel like that's a big step. The fact that he's able to know. Yeah. And grow from that. Ultimately, are we giving up on Mitch Keller? No. 
Are we excited every time he does something good? No. <laughs> I'm exactly where you are. Even keel. Even keel. Keep grinding. Mm-hmm. Um, the sinker's a new pitch. It's been good. He's had starts that have got good results, but maybe didn't look great. Kind of settled in. The point is, he's going to have all the opportunities as well. Yeah. So if all five guys are going to have an opportunity, what else is there? Right. Who do we have in Indy? That's a good question. Yeah, we got Kranick is hurt. Mm-hmm. We just sent Bryce Wilson down. He's gonna have uh, he's gonna have to see a good body of work down there. Yeah. Before yeah. they make a call back up for that. Yohore hasn't pitched more than two innings in any outing since April fifteenth. And that was three innings and it was in Pittsburgh. Or with Pittsburgh. I don't know if it was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And the next legitimate prospect in line is Cody Bolton. And he's been good, but his last, his first two starts of June have been five innings and four innings. Those are his longest outings of the year, starting outings. He had one other re- appearance of four innings. He's not close. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think Yohore would actually be ahead of him just in the fact that he's on the 40 man. Yeah. And like I said, that, you know, I, I think what you brought up about DeYoung makes a little bit of sense. Uh, yeah, if one of these guys gets hurt, which one of these guys do you go to? You go to Bryce Wilson right now. Mm-hmm. So you're making a good point. Maybe it's DeYoung that goes down. Yeah. I think it's De Los Santos, but... Yeah. But that is a good I point. Because you could say, let's get him stretched out in case any of these guys get hurt. You got to have that. You have to be able to do that. Yeah. I don't know, De, De Young, or, yeah, DeYoung's been okay. One of the days are going down. De Los Santos or Day Young? <laughs> it's getting oh, late, boy. guys. What yeah. time is it here? 1130. All right. You've had a long day. Yeah, I played three games. I thought you had like four games and then and then fast pitch. No, it was two games, then fast pitch. I had stuff going on. Oh, I okay. To, I had to drive around. Yeah. It was a mess. Well, let's go ahead and let you go to bed then. It's that time. It's about an hour in. So, uh, what do you got? Anything to close with? You know what? I'm just I'm just looking forward to watching these young bucks grow up and figure out their game. Yeah, I mean that's part of this whole thing. Watch Let, this development in the majors. Yeah, they're yeah, fun for to sure. watch, guys. I mean, if, if they're fun to watch. Well, that, and that's the thing about fight. the young. Yeah, they're fun to watch, and then they're not fun to watch. Sure. <laughs> it's kind of like it bounces back and forth, but as a yep. whole, it is cool to kind of see that, and it makes mm-hmm. those moments better. That Dodgers series was so much fun oh, compared yeah. to the Atlanta series. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you just you just take the bad with the good. So last thing, I know I talked last week about – uh like how many guys the Pirates have used and all that stuff. And I said I couldn't find it and I wasn't going to take time to look for it. I looked for it this week. The Pirates are currently sitting at 45 players used this season. And probably to surprise, it surprised me, we're not at, like, there are eight other teams who have used 45 players at least. Uh, The Reds, Giants, and Twins have used more. 48, 48, and 46. So, I mean, right there. One more this week, right? One more player this week. Five of those players play for other organizations right now, and Roberto Perez is out for the season. So that's six players that flat out won't come back. So last year the Pirates 
use 64 players. I love this right here. 37 of those players are no longer with the organization. 37, that's 58% of the guys who played for the Pittsburgh Pirates last year are not with the organization anymore. Rebuild. Turnover. <laughs> We've been talking about this. So far, O'Neill Cruz call up pending. We know it's happening at some point this week. Please. The Bucks have only used 24 of last year's 64 in a major league game. 37.5% of players who played for the Pirates last year have played for the Pirates this season. 39% after Cruz gets called up. That's that's crazy. Yeah. And it might look the same next year. I don't think it's going to yeah. be quite that big, but maybe. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another 50% turnover. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, it is it is wild. All right, for those of you who are listening to the audio, check out the YouTube. We have a good time with the video. We got a we got a new fancy little layout. It's fun. You get to see facial expressions. Sometimes that goes a long way. Like when I say some things and I make a look on my face, I think sometimes I take that for granted because we're looking at each other even before we did the video. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Probably doesn't matter. I don't care. For warning, for warning, we do have. I, I mean, I, I we got faces for radio, but it's fun to do. It's fun to see it. Yeah. Right. I grow beard. <laughs> I cover up the ugly. Sometimes after our break, Jake comes back with glasses on, and he didn't have glasses on before. <laughs> Dude, my contacts are <laughs> killing me. I got my ceiling fan on, or I'll dry. I'm constantly going like whatever. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go, Bucks. <laughs> go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks.